Good morning, Ohana Christian Church. It's terrific to be back after some travels to the mainland. We had a fantastic time. For you that were praying for us, we certainly felt your prayers as it truly was a blessing. Uh, this morning, I'd like you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4 and going through verse 9. It's on the screen if you do not have your Bibles with you. Heavenly Father, I ask you for your Holy Spirit to well up in this place, to teach, to touch each individual here, that you would tug at their hearts, have your word penetrate through their ears to their mind, allow it to resonate within them, remind them that they are not alone, that we, that you are here for them, with them. I pray that your word be spoken and that we live the life you created us to have. And I come in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. This week we continue our series on the seasons of life. And it was through a season of my life, a dark season, a dreary season, that brought this specific passage off of the pages and clear more than ever in my life. This is a season that still chooses to rear its head from time to time, but the Word of God will continue to help me get through. You see, the season of this life this time in particular started for me in 2011. I was returning back from a combat deployment in Iraq where I had served for 12 months. Through that time, myself, my buddies, my leaders, we all experienced many stressful events. We witnessed and saw many things that we would rather leave with us on the grounds of Iraq and not bring back with us. As we landed in the plane, and boarded the bus, I praised God. I was thankful that I and all of my men and all of my buddies returned safely. We lost no soldiers on that deployment. My platoon accomplished its mission. Looking forward now to spending time with our family and getting things back on track. But in that bus, one thing that I did not realize was that my combat tour was far from over. As a matter of fact, it probably just begun. It probably just started to kindle a little bit of fire there in Iraq that the stressors of life would add some kerosene on and other ones that would totally ignite this into a battle right here at the forefront. So as I came home, I started to realize some different things within me. The first thing started with my sleep. 
I was no longer sleeping the same exact way I used to. I used to, on average, get seven hours of sleep, and now I was finding myself with four hours on a good night, being woken up numerous times throughout the evening, oftentimes with my heart racing, full of adrenaline, no real reason as to why this was happening. I couldn't pinpoint what was going on, and I chalked it up to the fact that I just turned 40 years old. I was getting older. Hey, many of us talk about, hey, I just don't sleep like I used to. All right, so hey, I'm 40, I'm not sleeping the same way, I have my rucksack on, I'm going to put that little problem in that rucksack and drive on. Well, along the way, we have other stressors that come, just like all of you do. Financial stress, I put it in my ruck and I carry on. Challenges at home, having a blended family offers different challenges, but all families have your own challenges that are equal to any that I've gone through, but I put it in my ruck and I carried on. Financial stresses, job stresses, injuries to my body, one thing after the other, put it in my ruck, and I carried on. Fast forward to 2015, a doctor calls my wife Julia and I into his office to give us a report, a report of man. And that report told my wife that you have an illness that will defeat you, and it looks like it's going to do it quickly, in a matter of six months. Get your affairs in order. Go and see, uh, go and see a, a lawyer to create a will. Go and talk to hospice care. All these things, and I can tell you it was a punch in my gut, and it was a big rock to put in my rucksack. I can only imagine for my wife what that, that, that punch was like, so I needed to be strong. I need to be strong for her. I couldn't let this weight bring me down and affect her. But I have to tell you, it got heavy. My ruck was getting heavier and heavier. My sleep became worse. I was on a good night getting two hours of sleep, woken up consistently. I was having this nervousness feeling from the get-go when I would wake up in the morning that was becoming crippling. I was nervous going into work. I didn't want to go to social functions. I didn't want to go to anything that had large crowds that might trigger me thoughts of what happened before. The battle was becoming real, and the weight brought me to my knees. I don't know how many of you know this, but when life, when the battles of, these, of this life brings you to your knees... That is the greatest time to look to him and know he's the Lion of Judah who's fighting our battles. And it was in this that verse 6 jumped out at me. The first part, be anxious for nothing. God, are you serious? Do you see what's in my rucksack? How am I supposed to be anxious for nothing? How are we supposed to be anxious for nothing? We have all these things that are happening in our personal life with those that are around us. When I watch the news, when I hear the prayers of all these hurricanes and typhoons and all these things that will throw worry, how am I to be anxious for nothing? Well, this is my story of the answer that he provided to me. Now allow me to start with this season of life that I'm discussing is clearly that of anxiety. I can come to you with all kinds of semantics, all kinds of facts, everything about this, and I'll have some, but instead I share with you today episodic memories, stuff that I, that I experienced, and how one man, just like you, got through this. I also must say, I am not a psychiatrist, 
a psychologist, a licensed clinical worker, a professional counselor, a subject matter expert on mental health. So with that being said, if you're currently, or know someone currently that is talking to a professional, that's on medication, any of those things, do not go and say, I heard this message today, and you need to get off that medicine, and you need to stop seeing that care. All you need is God, okay? It is true, all we need is God, but he delivers people in our lives to be him in our lives. So don't just drop that. It can have catastrophic effects in your life, and that is not the purpose of this message. So with that disclaimer being said, as I said, I am a soldier. A soldier, aren't you retired? you got a beard. You clearly can't be a soldier. <laughs> you need to shave for that. Well, it's real interesting. In the, in the Army, they have creeds for everything. I mean, every school has a creed. They have the NCO creed, the officer's creed, the soldier's creed, and that's what I'd like to talk to you about. The soldier's creed starts off, I am an American soldier. I am a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. And I suggest to you that we are godly soldiers, warriors, and members of a team known as the church. We serve the people of the United States and beyond and live the Bible's values and what it teaches. Therefore, it's my contention that we are all soldiers. And that's what led me to the title of this message, which is Be Aware and Provide the Care, Lessons Learned from a Soldier's Struggle with Anxiety. By a show of, uh, please go to the definition of anxiety. For this purpose, it's important to understand that anxiety manifests itself in many ugly ways. There are many disorders associated with anxiety, okay? And rather than go into the whole spiel on every one of these disorders and totally going into where they think this is caused from and what the solution is, okay, we're going to just, for general practical purposes, define anxiety as persistent, excessive fear or worry in situations that are not threatening. So please... Participate with me in this by a show of hands. Who has either had this occur in their life or knows somebody that that's occurred to in their life? And if your hand didn't go up and you know me, raise it. Okay, hands down. Please go to the next slide. This is some statistics, and this was produced by the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Okay, the resource will be on the last slide of my presentation. I encourage you to check it out. It has a lot of information that will be helpful to you. But some things I want to point out. 43.8 million experience mental illness per year. One in five Americans experience mental illness. One half of chronic mental illness begins by age 14. Three quarters by age 24. 42 Americans 42 million Americans live with anxiety disorder. 90% of suicide cases have mental illness involved in that situation. 26% of our homeless, mental illness. 10.2 million addiction, dis addiction disorders and mental illness in our nation. Now, epidemic is synonymous with widespread, and I don't know about you, 
but I clearly see that this is a widespread problem. This is clearly an epidemic. So if you happen to be sitting there today, and this is one of the battles that you're dealing with, or one of your loved ones is dealing with, again I say to you, you are not alone. We're here for you, and more importantly, God is there with you in this battle. So as I was on my knees, and this came to me, and he began to answer what my solution would be with my face-to-face street fight with anxiety, this is what he brought. Make no mistake, I was in a battle, and it was affecting me, and it would affect the people around me. It needed to be addressed. But how? How was I going to do this? When did it start, God? You know, I see clearly, based on these statistics and based on my personal example, that it's going on today. In the first, in Philippians that I read to you, clearly anxiety and anxiousness was happening during his time. How long has it exactly been around? Please, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I was afraid. He had never been afraid before. Sin had entered the world, and sin had changed our way of thinking. That that serpent, The enemy chose to attack man's mind as he chooses to still do today through many different things. And he started by questioning what God had said. Started putting just a slight different spin on it. And man thought, I can be like God without God. And the wheels of the machine started coming off. Just connect the dots as we go to lead us to where we're at today. Sin entered the world. Anxiety, illness, all that, those other things came into this world. I want to say this to you. I am not suggesting that this anxiety, this feeling, these disorders, these things come upon you because you are in a life of sin. That is not what I'm stating. So don't blame yourself. Don't beat up yourself. Okay, it is what it is. And this is what God, Brian, you are where you're at. You're in this fight. 
Let's not focus on how you got here. Let's focus where you're at and how we can get you out of there. And that's what God is saying to you today. Where are you at now? Let's deal with where you're at now and help prevent you from getting back here again. So we know from the very beginning, essentially, in the middle, and now this is where we're at. And to start my healing, it started with awareness. And it's very important for the church to be aware that we have a problem, that we have an epidemic. And if it hasn't personally hit you yet, unfortunately, it's just a matter of time. So we need to be prepared. Awareness is having a knowledge or perception of a situation or or fact. It's very important that you educate yourself on this. So that you can be the husband, the wife, the friend, the brother, the sister, brother in Christ that you need to be. So that as we develop relationships, you can be aware of some signs that your, that your partner there is having struggles. And what you can do with that. So once we have the awareness, once we recognize there's a problem as I did, where do we go from there? It's time to provide care. When we go out on a mission, whether you're a Marine, soldier, Navy SEAL, I'm sure they all have a CASEVAC plan each time that's talked about before you go out on a mission. That's a casualty evacuation. What are you going to do if someone in your team gets hurt? How are we going to handle this? It always starts with, we're going to do self-aid. You're in a firefight, you get hurt, you go down. Your buddies might not be able to come to you right away. They have other things going on. They have to protect themselves and destroy the enemy. You need to provide care to yourself. I don't know about you, but I'm a firm believer that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So how do we provide this prevention in our lives? Once again, the Bible has all the answers. If you would, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. It's on the the screen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. When you go out on a mission in a combat environment, we put on what's called our battle rattle. That's that's the equivalent of this armor that he's speaking of. And every piece of that equipment is essential for the mission. And I came to learn it is so much better to have it and not need it than versus need it and not have it. 
But there was one piece of that armor in particular that you never went anywhere without, that you constantly worked with, trained with, so that it would become muscle memory, so that when the battle started, it was an automatic muscle memory response. When the stuff started hitting the fan, you don't have time to think, you have to react. And that was a soldier's weapon. You always had it with you. It was so ingrained with me that when I was home, two weeks later, I would wake up and look in the corner to see if my weapon was there because we always had to have it accountable. We would constantly do the same training. And so are we doing the same thing over and over? Yes, because you need to develop that muscle memory. Prevention, my friends, is in here, in the word of God. Daily, you need to put on your armor of God. If you don't choose to work with your weapon, to sharpen your sword, to wear all the armor, it's likely that you're falling into complacency. And I assure you, it was ingrained in my head that when we are in a combat environment, complacency kills. We think everything's good in our family. Hey, the last two months have been great with my wife. We've been getting along, everything. I don't need to quite get in the word and pray for her and have the full armor of God. That's when it's going to hit. That's when the battle's going to hit. And if I haven't been sharpening my sword, anxiety's going to come in here. But instead, because we've been training with this, we have the truth that will counteract that and change our way of thinking during that time. After you have provided this preventive maintenance, this medicine, and your buddy's coming to care for you. One of the first things that your buddy does, find out what is wrong with you. He's going to assess you because you know oftentimes you could be wounded, you could be shot, you could have shrapnel in your body and you're not gonna even know it. You don't even realize that you have a physical problem. But your buddy assesses you, your buddy knows you, he knows where to look, he finds where the problem is and he does not come in and say to you, hey, Hughes, you should have went left. You should have went left. Instead, you went right. Man, you should have done this. He doesn't do that in the heart of that. He doesn't point blame. He doesn't take time and say, this happened because of this and that. There's no time for that. And we as a church, we're not in a position here when someone comes to you struggling and in pain. Mental pain is real. It's as real if not more than physical. It's there. And we're not there to be the judge and determine what their diagnosis is. We need to be there and listen and assess the situation and figure out what the next proper step is in treatment for them. And that's the first thing that we do is reassure the patient. I got you, buddy. You're okay. And I don't care if he's missing an arm, a leg. You, don't, you know in your head he's not going to be okay. It's not time to hit it. It's time to be there and provide the support. And that's, as brothers and sisters, what we need to do for people that are struggling. Be there to provide this support. It's very interesting that also in here, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Talked about that in the first passage, didn't we? It's really interesting, all the experts, these self-help experts, these people on living a better life, when they talk about kicking bad habits, it's like they, they all of a sudden just came up with the miracle thing. Hey, you can't just stop doing the bad habit. You need to replace it with something healthy. Huh. I guess they're on to something just like Paul was, huh? Because he said, be anxious for nothing. 
but in everything, so replace it by prayer and supplication. Constantly requesting, constantly talking. The Bible says that we're to pray fervently and to pray at all times. Constantly be in there because make no mistake, the battle is here in your mind and the enemy has arrows that are coming our way that we need to have the armor to defend that and we need the sword to combat it just as Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness. The enemy tried twisting the word on him but because he was an expert with his weapon, the enemy failed. And that's why we need to be there to work with that. And then finally, with care, when we listen, when we build trust in our relationships, and we don't just let that person flop out there, we follow up with these relationships. We check on them. Show them that we care. Even if you don't fully understand, it's okay. Just know and listen. There's power in just listening to their words. And guys, we don't have to fix it. We don't have to have the solution for our wives or our daughters or our sons or our friends. Sometimes the solution might just be listening, just hearing and acknowledging that they're in pain. Don't minimize their problem. Yes, compared to perhaps where you're at in life, it may be a small problem, but to them, it's big. It's painful. And be there with them because it's going to develop trust. And without trust, the relationship will never be as healthy as it needs to be. Trust happens over time. And we need to be patient with that. But God will develop that trust in that other person's life. They will slowly gain that trust to them, and they will take your advice when it says, hey, maybe you need to talk to somebody that, that has a little better knowledge in this with the symptoms that you're having. So we have, we have self-aid. We got buddy aid. And then we're going to see the doc. And there is no shame. You are talking to a man that has proven himself on the field in many different avenues that this is not a mentally weak individual. When others were quitting, I would have had to have a heart attack and died before I quit. And guess what? Sometimes that stuff that happens in the spiritual realm that we can't see, but we feel, is stronger than us but it's not stronger than who we have in us. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and we need to hold on to that. And there was a time that he led me through a course of talking to people, doing this. And the answer was always here, and I, I, met, a, I met a therapist that she heard me talking and heard me talking about God. I would talk about God, and, you know, in the army, you know, in that realm, oftentimes they push God to the side. They don't want to bring God into, into the picture. But guess what? When sin came into the world, who provided the solution? God and his son, Jesus. Man tried to solve that sin issue on their own and failed left and right, left and right. It was only through his son, only through God's plan that he could provide ultimate healing. And it is my belief, whether it be through other people and what they may create, that he has the answer in our lives for this battle that we may have with anxiety and other mental health issues in our life. I want to remind you, you're not alone. When it feels like you're alone and nobody understands, the enemy's going to tap in on that, and you're going to find yourself finding excuses to be alone. Hey, these people always let me down. 
These people are backstabbers. These people are hypocrites. Oh, I don't want to deal with this guy. I'm not going to go to this party. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to do all this. See, because this is going in here and you have a chain reaction of thoughts that aren't based on this. And oh yeah, unfortunately, man will let us down. We're human. Okay? You've probably let some people down in your life. Don't beat them up. Don't beat yourself up. But instead, lean on Jesus. Lead on the Word. Seek forgiveness. Stop punching yourself in the face. You are where you are. Tighten up your boots. Get back in the fight. Help your buddy and care for them. If you go to the next slide, there's the resource right there. I could have went in and, and, and started talking about all kinds of things from dopamine, serotonin, neurotransmitters, the part of your brain that may not be functioning properly. You might have traumatic brain injury. The causes go on and on and on. Okay, Video games, Facebook, this. We want to point blame all these, all these places. Many of these things can be triggers for anxiety in your life. But as parents and as friends, it's important to educate yourself so that when your child all of a sudden is spending three hours on a video game, and when you pull them off the video game, throw them a temper tantrum like you've never seen before, that might be a little bit of an alert for you. Okay? When they're checking their Facebook all the time, all the time, all the time, because they're fear of mess, missing out, constantly looking for an escape, they're calling out to you, folks. They're calling out to you, friends. They're giving you the warning signs without actually pulling on you, saying, I'm hurting. I want to escape these thoughts I'm having, and this is a numbing effect that I have. And, oh, drug addiction. Oftentimes, with, along with alcohol, they're numbing the pain, which adds to more pain. So we're going to be alert. We're going to be aware with it. And we're going to be ready to provide the care on ourselves and our buddies. Please close your eyes and pray for me. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing your word today as we talk about this challenging situation, one that you're totally aware of, that you're in the midst of, that you're present of, and that you see the pain that is causing an individual and those around them. The answers lie within you. Your word promises that you will deliver the peace that surpasses all understanding. As these solutions come to be solved in our life, we will recognize that it was a God thing, that we can't even pinpoint exactly how we got through the storm. But I pray that when we get through the storm, we will be, our eyes will be open to exactly see how, once again, you worked all things out for your good. And through that episode, that season in our life, we will look for the opportunity to help all those out there that are suffering and struggling. Protect our minds. Protect our hearts. Remind us to put the armor of God on daily, that we serve you, we serve the people, and that we are the salt and the light in this world. And we will shine the light through any darkness because we have your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We praise you and we thank you and come in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.